I have had nothing but problems. And the problem is, not me, but family. Okay. I'm not concerned about 
miles worth of sex. It's going to take care of me. And I know, and I, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, like I said, that the devil doesn't want you to know anything at all about the King of Christ. But I'm going to tell you about it this morning anyway. Because I'm not concerned. Because Jesus, I've asked Jesus to fill me full with the Holy Spirit and put things behind me so that I can tell you about the King of Christ. And whatever happens, it's okay. Because my Lord and Savior's got this. I'm not concerned about it one little bit. That's why you see my computer this morning, because I was not able to print and I don't know what's going on with print. I don't really care. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna carry on like normally do. And uh, in this chapter, chapter thirteen, we are going to see we're going to see we're no, probably not even going to get out of verse 1. I know, I know we won't get out of verse 1 this morning. But let's look in chapter 13 and read verse 1. We'll read 1 and 2. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Verse 2, And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and its feet were as the feet of a bear, and its mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, this chapter, chapter 13, will introduce us to two beasts first one we'll be looking at, we've already made reference to previously in our study of this book of Revelation. This is the Antichrist. He is unveiled in verses 1 through 10. We will see that he is political. The second piece is commonly referred to as the false prophet. We will see that he is religious. He will be revealed in verses 11 through 18. Now both of these beasts are energized by the same evil. By the same evil. That is the power of Satan. They thus make up the satanic trinity we mentioned previously in our last chapter, chapter 12. Now, needless to say, this is anything but a holy trinity. Anything but a holy trinity. This trinity consists of the devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet. Amen. Which is anything but a holy trinity. We have previously 
we have previously mentioned, Satan being the great imitator. We mentioned that in the last chapter. We will see that Satan has incarnated himself into these two evil beasts. One final attempt. One final attempt to wreak havoc upon the earth. And remember, Satan's come down. He's been thrown out of the heavens. He's been thrown out of the heavens here on the earth. And he's here to do nothing to wreak havoc upon the earth. Because he knows. He knows that his time is short. There's no doubt about it. He's only got three and a half years left on the earth. So he's got to do everything he possibly can to wreak havoc upon the earth and the people that are left on the earth. Satan knows, like I said, he has a short time left to make it all out to wreak havoc upon the earth. To discredit God's position and God's authority through these two allies of his, the Antichrist and the false prophet. Now let's take a look at verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw beasts rise up out of the sea. The first thing we will look at the sea that is mentioned here in verse 1. Now remember in chapter 1, going back all the way back to chapter 1, we spoke of John being exiled to the Isle of Patmos. Now the sea here surrounding Patmos is the Mediterranean Sea. So looking at this in John's understanding, the sea could very well be the Mediterranean Sea. The ascending beast will presumably come from the Sea of Peace. The Sea of Peace associated with this particular sea in one way or another. Some believe that Antichrist will be a Gentile since the sea is often a symbol for Gentiles and heathen nations. Gentiles and heathen nations. Some believe him also to be a Jew. I, however, believe the Antichrist will be a Gentile. And we'll get into that a little bit more. This view is based upon the reference in Daniel to the Antichrist rejecting the God of his Father. Turn to me to Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11. You can probably get there faster than I will. I don't have to be this morning because I spent all morning trying to get the printer. Chapter 
really good. Luke in verses 37 and 38. And chapter 11, verse 36. We'll start in verse 37. Well, let's start in 36. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god. He shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods. That is God, big G, little God, or little G, God of gods. And shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and a God, little G, whom his fathers knew not, shall he honor with gold and silver, precious stones, blessed things. This is talking about the Antichrist. Now, Look there in verse 37. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, little G, for he shall magnify himself above all. There is no regard for God, big G, God. They're worshiping little G. Gods or idols or idolatrous things, whatever. And there's no regard for God at all. And that's what what it means when it says he's rejecting the God of his fathers. He is rejecting God. And upon the exclusion of the tribe of Dan, the view is based upon the reference in Daniel to the Antichrist rejecting the God of his fathers, which we just read in Daniel 11, 37-38. And upon the exclusion of the tribe of Dan from the listing of the twelve tribes of Israel in the 144,000. Now the tribe of Dan was not listed, or there was not 12,000 came from the tribe of Dan when 144,000 were picked. They were picked by God. He chose the tribe. No one else but God chose the tribes. Dan, the tribe of Dan was left out. But, however, the reference in Daniel to rejecting the faith of his fathers could also speak of rejecting the historic faith in the Christian God of his nation. In other words, Israel, Israel, let me see if I can get this right. Israel was rejecting Christ as the Messiah. The exclusion of Dan also does not prove this position as a different tribe or different tribes are left out of the biblical list in different passages. In other words, you can go to some passages and you'll see 
a different list for the 12 tribes. They're not always the same. That's what this can say. Not only was the tribe of Dan left out in the 144,000, this is pretty deep. I almost got confused and all this myself when I was doing this. Not only was the tribe of Dan left out of the 144,000, but Ephraim, the tribe of Ephraim, was not there either. Now many assume these two tribes have been permanently rejected. Dan, because the Antichrist will supposedly come from the tribe, from this tribe, the tribe of Dan, and thus be Jews. That's what some reason. That's not what I believe. Both tribes are listed in Ezekiel's millennial temple, that is after the tribulation, showing they have not been permanently rejected. Because Dan and Ephraim led Israel into idolatry, they, or at least Dan, the tribe of Dan, may have forfeited their right to preach during the tribulation. There are 12 tribes of Israel from the 12 sons of Jacob. But Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, Manasseh. Yeah, thank you, that one are usually listed as separate tribes, bringing the total to 13. The priestly tribe of Levi was often left out of listings of the 12 tribes due to its lack of either land allotment or military involvement. When Levi is included, it was normal to admit one tribe in order to keep the number at 12. Here Levi is listed in both and Ephraim, with Joseph being listed for Ephraim, are included. Now, this is not John standing upon the sand of the sea. That's Satan. Satan standing upon the sand of the sea. In, previous, in the previous chapter, we saw in verse 17, that's 12, chapter 12, verse 17, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Now, we established that in, in uh, chapter 12, verse 4, and also, also uh, chapter 12, verse 17, that... This is Satan. Now, Satan standing upon the sand of the sea pictures his control over the millions left here on the earth. This control is established through two satanically inspired beasts who come out of the sea and the earth. Now let's take a look at the first piece. The Antichrist will rise out of the sea. The beast is not actually a dragon, but a man. Not actually a dragon, but a man. <coughs> now, look in uh, chapter 13 and verse 4. 
chapter 13, book of Revelation, verse 4. And I saw one of his heads, as it were wounded to death, and as deadly when it was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. Now look at verse uh, 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is six hundred three score and six. And we're going to talk more about that when we get into verse 18. But you can see here that it's a man, for it is the number of a man. Now, the beast is, like I said, is not actually a dragon, but a man. But, however, his appearance, his appearance, is almost that identical with the dragon. Look back in chapter 12 in verse 3. There appears another wonder in heaven, and behold a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Now look there in uh, verse 1. Having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his heads ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Now there are already some differences here, and we're going to talk about those differences. This indicates he is in a distinct sense related to the dragon or the devil. Now, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, he is called the son of perdition. The son of perdition, as well as the man of sin. Daniel calls him the prince that shall come in Daniel 9.26. Isaiah calls him the wicked in Isaiah 14.5. Christ himself Christ himself, Jesus himself, called him the abomination of desolation. In Daniel 9.26, Isaiah 11.4, Matthew 24.15. John simply calls him the beast. The beast. The symbolic description of the beast will enable us to learn something more about his origin and character. God does not see him as a man made in his divine image, but, as a, but more as a wild animal under the control of Satan. A wild animal under the control of Satan. That's how God sees him. He is a man, as we saw in verse 18, but he is energized. Get this now, he is energized from hell. Energized from hell. And, and he comes out of the pit, as we saw in Revelation 11, 7. Look there in Revelation 11, chapter 7. When they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and 
shall overcome them and kill them. He comes out of the pit, as we just talked. Just as Jesus is God in the flesh, so is the beast in a human body. Look in John, look John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Look in verse 2. John chapter 13, verse 2. Supper being ended, the devil has now put into the heart of Judas' character, Simon's son, to betray him. Now look in verse 27. And after, let's start in verse 26. I don't actually. Now this is talking about uh, when Jesus said that there was somebody who would betray him. Simon Peter, look in verse 24. Simon Peter therefore beckoned him that he should ask who it, who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I, will, I shall give a sup when I have dipped him. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Here it is, verse 27. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Jesus entered into Judas's, uh, Satan, excuse me, Satan entered into Judas's character. We just saw that in John. Jesus said that. Some believe it to be a resurrected individual on the basis of uh, Revelation 13, 3 and 17, 8. Some believe it will be Judas Iscariot, as Jesus referred to him as the devil. Look at John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Look at verse 17. John chapter 6, verse 7. Jesus answered them, Have I not chosen you twelve? One of you is the devil. He spake of Judas as character, the son of Simon. For he it is, was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. This is never said of any other person in the Bible. After his death, Peter said that Judas went to his own place. Look in Acts 1, Acts chapter 1. And look in verse 25, Acts chapter 1, verse 25. That he may take part of this ministry. And 
from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. Judas went to his own place. But where was his place? This is never said, like I said, many of the verses in the Bible. After his death, Peter says that Judas went to his own place, as we just read in Acts 1.5. This has been seen by some who refer to the bottomless pit. Satan has retained Judas there for 2,000 years for preparation for his role, his future role, as the Antichrist. Is it Judas? I don't know. I don't have any idea. Let's uh, look at Daniel chapter 7. Turn to Daniel chapter 7. There's a lot of good stuff in this chapter that you read. It'll help you a lot to read this because it has a lot of reference to what's going on in Revelation. Look at Daniel chapter 7. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and a vision and visions of his head upon his feet. Then he wrote the dream and told the son of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I followed my vision by night, and behold, the whole winds of heaven strode upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion, and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and made stand upon the feet of a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second like a like to a bear, and to raise up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. They said thus unto it, Arise, thou art much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And after this I saw the night vision, behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and he had great iron teeth. It devoured and breaking in pieces, and stamped the residue of the sea of it, and it was the first from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. For whom there were three of the firstborns plucked by the roots. Behold, in his horn, in this horn, were eyes like the eyes of men, and a mouth speaking great things. Let's take a little closer look at the beast. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to stop right here for the second time. I'll stop in the middle of this.
a lot of people that can step in here about these I really don't want to stop in the middle of it. Like I say, this this gets pretty pretty deep. And uh, I hope you're not totally confused. But I would encourage you to read the book of Daniel, chapter seven. Read that whole chapter because it, it all basically pertains to the book of Revelation. Daniel's vision of the four beasts of God's kingdom. There's a lot of references in the book of Daniel and in the book of Ezekiel to everything that goes on in the book of Revelation. Um, there, there's really, I had no idea that I would get this much information from one verse. We haven't even touched on verse two yet. And there's a lot more that I didn't even put in here because I knew I'd never ever get through it. But this book is absolutely phenomenal. The Antichrist is going to be worse than anything we've ever, ever seen on this earth. Anything. Tribulation is going to be worse than anything we have ever seen on this earth. Thank the Lord up above, we won't be here for the tribulation. Now, Brother David asked me a question this morning about, you know, the preacher, the, about the preacher, post-tribulation, pre-tribulation. Uh, and he is definitely as I am, rapture is going to take place before the tribulation. But because of all of this, I like to call it the scandemic. Before all this COVID junk, people were in churches. They were hearing the Word of God. Hopefully they were studying the Word of God. And they were following the Word of God. But since all this mess, we've seen churches close. People have been out of church. They're not getting back into church. And unfortunately, we, we have family members that are, are like that. It's sad to say, because the churches they go to close down. Some of them have opened back up, but they're still not going to church. That, that hurts my heart. It really does. It hurts my heart. And I would ask that you pray for our family members that are out of the will of God running, running. Yes, ma'am, we, we absolutely do, Miss Sarah. We all have loved ones like that. And with all this stuff that has gone on, like I said, churches have closed. Fear, man. Man put fear into the minds of the people. They're listening to man instead of listening to the Word of God. And that's just wrong. I don't care how you look at it, it's just wrong.
They're not even reading the Word of God. Probably not even praying. They've walked away from God. Let your head get filled full of all this junk, like I said, that man is putting out there. And fortunately, thanks to the Lord up above, thank you, Jesus, that we have a pastor that saw fit to keep our doors open, regardless of what the government said. Oh, baby. <laughs> I don't want to feel that feeling. I don't want to demolish that feeling. But thank God, we have pastors, a pastor, and an assistant pastor that are continuing to bring up the Word of God. And if you're not coming, whose fault is that? If your head's getting filled full of garbage, whose fault is that? Are you going to choose to serve God? Or are you going to choose to listen to man? My wife and I, we said from the very beginning, we're just going to trust God. And we have prayed, you heard me pray, just as if we had the blood payment on our door, let this pass over us. Let this pass over us. Thank God up above. So far, and we've been on a couple contact with many people that have been sick. Praise God, we never got sick. Are you going to choose to trust in man, or are you going to choose to trust in Jesus Christ? What it all boils down to, people. What it all boils down to. Trust God. Trust His Word. Trust His promises. Trust in God. Trust in God. If you're out there getting your head filled full of junk, try reading God's word. Try reading God's reading God's word. Just that you know. I'm not afraid of what man can do. Because I know how it all ends. I'm not scared of dying and going to heaven one little bit. Amen. Hope you're not. Y'all already might be a step coming. Gee, it would just be a terrible thing for me to die and go to heaven. Wow. I'd be really upset about that. Not. <laughs> I'll be laughing at y'all then. <laughs> 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 I'll study for a word of prayer.